This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is in trouble once again for calling out American imperialism and daring to say out loud what most lawmakers refuse to say. In a recent tweet showcasing her questioning of State Secretary Antony Blinken during a House Foreign Affairs Committee, Omar said we must have the same level of accountability and justice for the all victims of crimes against humanity. We have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan and the Taliban. And then this was what she said in the video that she posted alongside the tweet. Uh, I know you oppose the court's investigation in both um, Palestine and in Afghanistan. I haven't seen any evidence in either cases that domestic courts can uh, both can and will prosecute alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity. And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces and Hamas. In Afghanistan, it includes crimes committed by the Af- Afghan national government and the Taliban. So in both of these cases, if domestic courts can't or won't pursue justice, and we oppose the ICC, where do we think the victims of these supposed uh, crimes can go for justice? And that's Congresswoman Ilhan Omar of Minnesota during a House Foreign Affairs Committee meeting featuring testimony by State Secretary Antony Blinken. Not surprisingly, Republican leaders like Kevin McCarthy denounced Omar and vowed to remove her from the committee if the GOP wins a majority in the next election. But Omar faced a strong response from her own party, several of whose members signed strongly worded statements against her. My guest is Corey Peterson-Smith, Middle East Fellow at the Institute for Policy Studies. He writes regularly about foreign policy and publications like Common Dreams. Welcome to the program, Corey. Thank you, Sonali. Grateful to be here. So I think it's so important, of course, for us to examine what it was that Ilhan Omar said and then see if the responses, particularly from the Democratic Party, match what she said. In the clip that I played, she basically said if these people who are victims of crimes by Israel, Hamas, the U.S., the Afghan national government, if they can't get justice in their domestic courts, and if the U.S. opposes the International Criminal Court, where should they pursue justice? That is a very valid question, right? And it uh, showcases the fact that the U.S. has stood in the way of justice for any and all war crimes committed by them or their allies. Right. It's a completely legitimate question. In it, Ilhan Omar is actually just voicing a statement of fact, which is that the International Criminal Court does have open investigations of the entities that she identifies, uh, including Israel, the United States, the Taliban, uh, and Hamas. It's just a fact that an open investigation, open investigations exist. Uh, regarding these entities. And so she's asking a completely legitimate question, which is really about recourse. Where do people who are uh, victims of injustices, where where can they go for recourse if the United States doesn't recognize institutions like the International uh, Criminal Court? So she was immediately excoriated for equating the United States and Israel with Hamas and the Taliban. She released a statement saying, 
That's not what she was saying. Uh, she was, and, and because we played the clip, uh, I think it was important for us to um, understand and, and see that, uh, that, that she wasn't at all saying that the US and Israel are just like the Taliban and Hamas. She said in her statement, to be clear, the conversation was about accountability for specific incidents regarding those ICC cases, not a moral comparison between Hamas and the Taliban and the US and Israel. Why didn't the Democratic Party um, and those various leaders see that as a legitimate clarification or a legitimate point. Right. Well, instead of instead of seeing that, they had this incredibly defensive response that really actually deflects the question that Ilhan Omar is raising, which is about the injustices that places like Israel and the United States, governments like Israel and the United States are actually accused of. If it is the case that these lawmakers believe so strongly in American democracy, then they should welcome questions like this. And instead, they're saying that questions like this don't belong. It's an extremely dangerous response for two reasons. First, of course, it is, it is just the latest in this ongoing vitriolic response to Ilhan Omar's very existence in the US Congress, frankly. I mean, the kind of um, misogynistic, Islamophobic, racist uh, threats that she has gotten in her time in office have been extraordinary. It's extremely dangerous. It has put her personally at great risk. And it, 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 it contributes to an environment that is more Islamophobic, uh, and racist and misogynistic in general. In other words, it, it contributes to the kind of wave of bigotry that is rising in this country anyway. So that's one thing that makes this very dangerous. But the other thing is that, again, it, it sidelines the conversation that Ilhan Omar is trying to have precisely at the time that we need to have it. I mean, we are just coming off of, in May, this horrendous uh, experience of an Israeli assault on the people of Gaza and on people throughout Palestine, it is precisely the time that US lawmakers who are deeply implicated in this Israeli violence because it's the United States that funds it, it's the United States that arms it, this is exactly the time when we should be asking questions about what Israel is doing and what the US is funding. And similarly, the other question is about Afghanistan that, that Ilhan Omar is putting on the table. She is pointing out that there is an ICC investigation into the actions of the Taliban, of the Afghan government backed and armed by the United States and of the United States military itself uh, and, and actually the CIA and its operations in Afghanistan. This is the year supposedly, according to President Biden, when the US is going to be withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. It is precisely the time, it, it really, it, every time is the time, but especially this year is the time to be interrogating what have these 20 years of US presence occupation, invasion, et cetera, of Afghanistan actually looked like. This is the time to have those conversations. And that is the conversation that Ilhan wants to have. And these lawmakers, not only Republican, but Democrats, are trying to prevent that thing from happening, which is deeply troubling. Right, it's completely predictable that the Republicans would have the reaction they did. But let's examine the responses from the Democratic lawmakers a little more closely. There were headlines saying that Jewish Democratic lawmakers um, uh, condemned Ilhan Omar for likening Hamas to Israel and the US. Representative uh, Brad Schneider, together with Debbie Wasserman Schultz and a uh, number of others, Lois Frankel, Ted Deutsch, and others, 
released a statement together, and I want to quote from it. They said, uh, the United States and Israel are imperfect and, like all democracies, at times deserving of critique. But false equivalencies give cover to terrorist groups. What do you make of that? What are they talking about? I mean, I'm, it's, it's, it's nothing sort of shocking to me that in June of 2021, that lawmakers who are supposedly accountable to the people of this country would call the United States an imperfect, would, would shrug the US off as an imperfect democracy. I mean, putting aside for one moment, uh, you know, what the US, what, why the US is under investigation in the ICC, which is because of its operations in Afghanistan, right? Uh, and it is calling into question, and, and what Ilhan is calling into question is, if, if the US doesn't recognize the ICC, then where do Afghans, where can they go to experience accountability, right? Let's, let, let's, let's, that's, that's critically important. And also it comes at the same time as domestically in the United States, there is, you know, a severe challenge, uh, major questions to the democratic nature of the institutions of this country. Uh, you know, a criminal justice system that regularly acquits and, and actually more regularly chooses to not indict police officers for killing black people and brown people again and again. So for these democratic lawmakers to say, well, you know, it's an imperfect democracy. And, you know, of course you can ask questions, but apparently Ilhan is asking it in the wrong way. It's, it's unacceptable. And I think quite, um, it's quite out of touch, frankly, right. with, with conversations about what's happening internationally and domestically uh, uh, in this country. But I, I also, which you, the point that you made or that you highlighted rather, uh, that, that, you know, these are Jewish lawmakers and they're calling attention to the actions of uh, a Muslim Congresswoman also points to something deeply disturbing, which is that the statement that that was uh, led by Representative Schneider and signed on to by these other lawmakers, it really reiterates these Islamic phobic Islamophobic tropes that um, they accuse Ilhan of a, a deep seated hatred um, of Israel, which is, is saying we're not paying attention to what Ilhan is actually calling attention to, Israel's actual actions, but that there is something about the nature of her as a Muslim woman that fe feeds into this notion of a religious conflict, which is the furthest thing from the truth. And I will point out that there are plenty of Jewish lawmakers, especially in light of what just happened uh, in Palestine, who are criticizing Israel, including, of course, Bernie Sanders, but others as well. So it's deeply problematic. Right. Um, it was incredible to see that, you know, obviously the United States and the Taliban are not equivalent, but that's not what she was saying anyway. She was pointing out their crimes going unpunished or the victims of their crimes not getting justice. Let's talk about what Pelosi said. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, the top leader of the Democratic Party after the president himself, uh, the Democratic leadership statement on International Criminal Court comments by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. That was the title of the statement that Pelosi signed on to and released, signed on to by Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, Majority Whip James Clyburn, et cetera, et cetera. And 
this was interesting. It's sort of um, reflected a little bit what Schneider's statement said, but I'll quote it. Legitimate criticism of the policies of both the United States and Israel is protected by the values of free speech and democratic debate. And indeed, such criticism is essential to the strength and health of our democracies. But drawing false equivalencies between democracies like the U.S. and Israel and groups that engage in terrorism like Hamas and the Taliban foments prejudice and undermines progress toward a future of peace and security for all. Where is the acceptance of that legitimate critique, criticism that they say is okay? They, Pelosi claims that legitimate criticism is okay, and then the next second slaps down the legitimate criticism. Right. I mean, that's, that's why it's so ironic, right? Like, if, if it is the case that the United States is, and, and lawmakers, and particularly those of the Democratic Party, if it is the case that they are so committed to democracy, then they would invite questions uh, really of the daily practices of this country, especially when we've just witnessed uh, you know, a, a moment of really quite ex- spectacular violence uh, in Palestine uh, that the United States not only, again, supported through the weapons and aid that it gives Israel all the time, but at this moment is being asked to give an additional billion dollars in, in military aid. Uh, the the uh, Israeli Minister of Defense, uh, Benny Gantz, came to Washington uh, just a couple of weeks before all, all of this uh, happened with Ilhan Omar to request on, the, on an emergency basis an additional $1 billion to replenish all the munitions that they fired uh, in this latest round of violence in May. Isn't and, it and precise? That's the, that's the issue that they want to avoid talking about, right. that they want to deflect from. Right. And, and, and again, you know, it, it's like, if, if it is the case that there is something... Um, you know, so 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 special and so uh, committed to democracy as the United States that, that distinguishes it from other entities, then it's incumbent on these lawmakers to prove it by welcoming the critique and the debate. And in fact, what we're seeing is, is the opposite. I mean, if you have the Republicans say that b- by virtue of making these comments, Ilhan Omar should be unseated, shouldn't the Democrats in her own party rally to her defense and to the defense of, of, of uh, the right to to raise these critiques, when in fact the opposite is, is, is the case. And it's not the first time, actually, that Democrats have piled on uh, to Ilhan Omar, and in particular around her, her questioning of the U.S.-Israel relationship. So again, I think, it's, I think it's really ironic that using the language of a commitment to democracy, they're actually squelching democracy and debate uh, that Ilhan Omar is actually trying to introduce. Right. I mean, there is just no response to the crux of what it was that she said, they, because they, they, there is no way to justify the fact that the U.S. has killed hundreds of thousands of people in wars uh, in Iraq, Afghanistan, elsewhere, that uh, Israel has, using U.S. foreign aid, uh, killed so many innocent Palestinians. There is no real justification for that. And so they go after her. And it's interesting, you would think that the Democrats would show at least some allegiance to one of their own, um, you know, take <laughs> page out of how the Republicans defend the worst of the worst among them, at the very least they could do, even if they don't agree with Ilhan Omar, they could either not pile on her or defend her from Republican attacks. Instead, they seem to be joining in with the Republicans against a lawmaker who's gotten so many death threats. 
Right, and that that's exactly right. And I I actually think that you know again, there's a pattern of this. This isn't the first time, and yet there it is it is worth really thinking about the conversation that we have had. Uh, in light of what happened in May, in light of um, what, what happened, uh, what is Israel's actions uh, in, in May, where I think that there is a different kind of conversation in the United States this time around, uh, because it's not the first time there's been an assault like this on Gaza. And yet this time it comes in the context of uh, among other things, I mean, in addition to a real ongoing calling attention to the uh, abuses of Palestinians by, by Israel, uh, also a conversation in, the, in this country about racism, I mean, the, the so-called racial reckoning, uh, an interrogation of the police forces of this country and of, of, of their role in systemic uh, racism uh, and the role of the United States in, in racist violence around the world. And so there are, there are people in this country who are looking at this country with different eyes, and then they look to what's happening in Palestine uh, and by Israel with different eyes as well. It has made for a very different conversation. And I think that these lawmakers don't want that kind of conversation because of course it implicates the United States. It implicates them uh, as, as, as individual lawmakers and their support uh, again and again for uh, US military aid and, and weapon sales uh, to Israel uh, and so on. Uh, and, and so it's, it's really, I think it's part of a trend uh, actually that has sought to deflect this conversation, not only about what Israel is doing, but crucially about the US-Israel relationship and say, oh no, this isn't about Palestinian human rights. This isn't about the displacement of Palestinians in Jerusalem. It's not about uh, violence against Palestinians in Gaza. Uh, instead, this is about things like anti-Semitism uh, or, or and, and really once again, actually reiterating once again, the, the kind of trope that there's something inherently anti-Semitic uh, about, um, about Islam and about Ilhan Omar as, as, a, as a practicing uh, Muslim when not only in fact is she once again calling attention to abuses against Palestinians and against Afghans for that matter, but for what it's worth, you know, there's, there's probably the greatest number of Jewish Americans in US history also calling attention to uh, the problems with uh, the US-Israel relationship right now. That is the conversation that we, that's part of the conversation that we need to be having is a conversation that these lawmakers don't want to be having. Corey, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on and uh, have you share your insights with our audience. Thanks so much. Likewise. So grateful to be here, Sonali. Thank you for this conversation. My guest has been Corey Peterson-Smith. He's a Middle East fellow at the Institute for Policy Studies. We've been discussing Ilhan Omar's comments on the United States and Israel's war crimes. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupwithsonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all our video interviews. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Are You With Sonali.